Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Tuesday, a state of emergency unfolding across the Northeast. Yeah, and it is far from over. It is July 11th. This is today. Catastrophic evacuations ordered in Vermont after days of torrential rain. Streets turned into lakes. Dams now on the brink. It just keeps rising and rising. We're there live. While in the west and the south, even more scorching heat for tens of millions. Al's tracking all of it. Breaking news, that high-stakes NATO summit is now underway. President Biden pushing to strengthen support for Ukraine at a critical moment in its war against Russia. We'll have the very latest and go one-on-one with the Secretary of State. On the run, that massive manhunt for an escaped murder suspect in Pennsylvania intensifies with a community on edge. Police tracking new clues. We are actively and aggressively pushing him. At some point, we will force him to make a mistake. Inside the desperate search just ahead. Primed and ready, Amazon begins rolling out some of its biggest deals of the year overnight. This morning, how to find the best bargains before loading up your cart. Those stories, plus War of the Rosé, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's legal battle over their French winery heating up. Just ahead inside the stunning allegations she is making against her former husband. And bombs away, baseball's best put on an historic show during the popular home run derby. And the winner, like father, like son. Today, Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you on today. We're happy you're with us. It's a Tuesday morning, and it is a busy Tuesday. Yeah, we've got a lot of news mm-hmm. to get to this morning. We're going to start with even more extreme weather, those devastating images coming out of New England this morning, catastrophic flooding there, destroying homes, leaving some areas completely cut off. This is the scene in Vermont after what is being described as a night of chaos across the state. Meantime, across the South and the West, the story once again is the brutal heat. More than 50 million Americans from California all the way to Florida under alerts this morning. And those brutal temps are not going away anytime soon. The National Weather Service now saying this could be one of the longest, if not the longest, heat wave on record. Got it all covered for you. We're going to begin with NBC's Kristen Dahlgren in Hard Hint, Montpelier, Vermont. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning, Hutto. Well, this is Main Street in Montpelier this morning. Swiftwater rescue crews have already been out here pulling people from their homes and the water continues to rise. Take a look over here and you can see just how quickly it is flowing into this area. Now coming from both sides, two rivers converging here and officials say they don't know how much higher it will get. Overnight, an emergency unfolding in Vermont's capital city, the Winooski River cresting at 21 feet, inundating the streets with water. The catastrophic floods are the worst in decades. That's the Langdon Street Bridge. The National Weather Service says the river has reached major flood stage, a serious threat to life and property. 
Across the state, the view from overhead showing entire towns devastated. The report of a vehicle submerged underwater with the headlights on. They believe it may be occupied. This is more than 50 people had to be plucked from the raging rivers by swift water rescue teams. Property destroyed. You can see here remains from a house sent floating down a stream Monday afternoon. Entire communities still cut off by flash floods. No way, bro. No. This is an all-hands-on-deck response. It's the same system that crippled New York State. There's no words. <laughs> just even unbelievable doesn't explain it. While cleanup is just beginning, after what the governor called a once-in-a-thousand-year weather event. We are in the midst of an extraordinary weather event that has just devastated communities. Millions are now bracing for what today will bring, with extreme weather still hitting the rest of the country. Damaging winds and hail in the Midwest overnight, while extreme heat is gripping the South from California to Florida. Heat alerts are in place, and the index could soar into the triple digits. And tragedy in Oklahoma overnight. Two boys were playing in a dam and pulled under by swollen currents. Meantime, here there are now concerns this morning about a dam uh, above Montpelier that is approaching capacity. Officials are warning people to be ready to get to higher ground. So this could get even worse. We're carefully watching here as the area of dry land we're standing on is shrinking, guys. All right, Kristen Dahlgren for us there in Vermont. Kristen, thank you. Amazing to see those images. Let's get more on the storms with Al. What do you get your eye on? Well, guys, good morning and good morning to you. We are watching that rain still making its way out of Vermont and northern New England. Uh, We do have flash flood watches and river flood warnings. In fact, you can see as we get into northern Vermont, we're looking at moderate to major flood stages along the rivers there. So we're going to be watching that very closely. Plus, from Miami all the way to California, 53 million people under heat advisories, watches, or warnings. And look at this from uh, Florida, Miami, we're looking at Tampa, Tallahassee, Birmingham, Little Rock, Houston. The heat and humidity makes it feel like it's over 100 degrees into the one teens. Today, we see that heat and humidity making its way up into the Northeast and parts of the Midwest. And look at out West. We are talking triple digits right into the end of this week. And in fact, Look at next week's outlook till the 20th. We've got really above average temperatures from Florida, the Gulf Coast, all the way into the southwest. So as we just heard in that report, this could be one of the longest heat waves we see, especially in the southwest, on record. All right. Now, thank you so much. Another major story is unfolding as we speak. President Biden gathering with NATO leaders in Lithuania for the opening of a high-stakes summit focused heavily on the war in Ukraine. In a moment, Savannah will speak about that and more with Secretary of State Antony Blinken. But first, NBC's Peter Alexander joins us from the summit with the very latest. Hey, Peter, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. President Biden is kicking off this summit, White House officials say, with the wind at NATO's back, with Sweden now expected to become the 32nd country to join the alliance. This is a win for the president, who's repeatedly emphasized how Russia's invasion of Ukraine would backfire on Vladimir Putin. But there are still other key issues here that need to be ironed out. President Biden this morning touting new momentum for NATO at the start of its summit here in Lithuania and getting ready for a key meeting with Ukraine's leader just a few hundred miles away from the fighting there. I'm a very strong supporter of Transnational. Uh, I've learned that uh, nothing happens here that doesn't affect us. The military alliance getting a significant and surprising boost 
with Turkey dropping its objections to the addition of Sweden, allowing NATO to expand its strength across Europe. Rumors of the death of NATO's unity were greatly exaggerated. It's a victory for President Biden, who pushed for the move, speaking with the leaders of both countries in recent days. The president has supported Turkey's desire to buy new F-16 fighter jets, but the White House says that was not part of any deal. Still to be resolved how NATO will address Ukraine's demand that it be added to the alliance. President Biden, who has doused hopes that Ukraine could be fast-tracked into NATO because it would put the U.S. at war with Russia, is expected to meet with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky here tomorrow. The White House is promising the leaders at this summit will send a positive signal to Ukraine over its path to future membership, but without any timetable. And the message to Russia, the U.S. says, NATO remains solid and strong. Vladimir Putin has been counting on the West to crack, NATO to crack, uh, the transatlantic alliance to crack. He has been disappointed at every turn. Vilnius will very much disappoint him. President Biden just moments ago said that he supports NATO's commitment to send Ukraine a strong message that there is a path for Ukraine to join NATO in the future. But President Zelensky this morning, really in an angry statement, expressed his frustration that he believes NATO remains unwilling to make his country a member of the alliance, calling that unprecedented and absurd. Savannah. Peter, thank you. And joining us now with a very busy day ahead at that summit, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Mr. Secretary, good morning to you. Morning. The president is set to meet with President Zelensky of Ukraine tomorrow. As you know, the president has said no NATO membership for Ukraine while this war is going on. Zelensky has said he wants a clear signal from NATO that the president is the decision maker here and he wants an invitation to join NATO. Will he get it from the president? Well, Savannah, first, I think what you've seen just overall uh, is uh, an alliance that's stronger. It's bigger now with the um, Turks moving forward on Sweden's admission to the alliance after Finland got in. It's more united than ever before. And it's also united when it comes to support for Ukraine. I think what you're going to see happen over the next couple of days is a clear demonstration of the progress that Ukraine has made toward uh, eventual membership. That's going to be reflected in what comes out of the summit, uh, as well as work that still needs to be done. And I think everyone's been clear, including President Zelensky, that in the midst of a war, uh, membership can't happen. But they've made real progress and the alliance will lay out the further uh, reforms, both in terms of their uh, security work and uh, their democracy uh, that are necessary to keep moving uh, down that path. One question. If if the alliance's position is no NATO membership until the war ends, does that not just incentivize Russia to keep it going and going and going since the very thing it fears is that Ukraine will be welcomed by NATO? Well, I think what it what it what it claims it fears is a stronger, bigger, and more united alliance. And that's exactly what we've already seen with two new members joining the alliance, the alliance strengthening its positions uh, across its uh, its eastern flank in defense uh, against the possibility of Russian aggression, and united, united in its support for Ukraine. One of the things that will come out of this summit is not only what we're doing right now for Ukraine, but what the alliance plans to do and what countries individually plan to do to help Ukraine build up over time its deterrence and defense capacity. That tells President Putin that he can't outlast us. He can't outlast 
Ukraine. He can't outlast uh, all of the countries that are supporting Ukraine. And it would be in his interest to bring this aggression to an end as soon as possible. The U.S. has just announced that it will provide so-called cluster munitions to Ukraine. As you well know, these bombs are controversial because mm. they can explode later and after a war, after a conflict and hurt civilians. And in fact, they're banned by more than 100 countries. Our own U.N. ambassador said last year such bombs have, quote, no place on the battlefield. How do you justify it now? It comes down to this. At every step along the way, we tried to make sure that Ukraine had what it needed to defend itself and to retake its territory. It was running low and indeed r running the risk of running out of the munitions that it has in its inventories and inventories around the world are low. We're working to build up uh, the production of the munitions that it's been using. In the meantime, to fill the gap, to make sure it doesn't run out, to make sure it can continue to defend itself. Uh, the president made the hard but necessary decision to provide cluster munitions. And this is a stopgap to get them to a place where new production comes online. The Russians have already saturated Ukraine with cluster munitions. And there's a big difference between what the Russians have done in Ukraine using these cluster munitions against the Ukrainian people, uh, as opposed to the Ukrainian government, which in defense of its country, in defense of its own people, uh, needs these weapons to make sure that it can resist the Russian aggression and take back its territory. They're going to be very focused on where they use them, making sure, of course, they're not targeting their own civilians. And we're all deeply committed to cleaning up the country once the Russian aggression ends, something that we have to do anyway, given the use of these munitions by Russia over the last two years. But taking a step back here, I mean, the U.S., I, I understand the argument saying, look, this is a temporary solution. This is a backstop because Ukraine is running low on munitions. However, this war has been going on for 500 days. The West has sent billions of dollars mm -hmm. to Ukraine. How do you find yourself in this position where you're essentially out of ammo and having to resort to this highly controversial weapon that is banned by many, many countries, including allies. Well, first, take a step back. Uh, 16 months ago, Russia was on the doorsteps of Kyiv, Ukraine's capital. It was uh, working to take over the entire country, to topple its government, to erase Ukraine from the map, to end its independence, to subsume Ukraine into Russia. That has failed. And it's failed because of the incredible courage of the Ukrainian people. It's also failed because of the very strong support from country after country. Everything has gotten pushed to the east and the south. Ukraine's working to get more of its land back that Russia's taken from it. We're in the fight with them. Uh, and it's vitally important that uh, they do everything they can to succeed. But uh, in terms of what Russia was trying to do, uh, it's already failed. Uh, and now we want to make sure that Ukraine can do as much as it possibly can to recover territory that remains in Russian hands. How do you see this war, this conflict coming to an end when you have certainly we know Russia's position, but also Ukraine's position, which is we're not giving back one inch of territory, including the Crimean Peninsula. So how do you get these two sides to the table when there's this intractable conflict? First, Russia needs to be disabused of the notion that it can somehow outlast Ukraine or outlast the many countries around the world that are supporting Ukraine. And that's a big piece of what's going on here in Vilnius at this NATO summit. What you're going to see coming out of the summit is a deep commitment to ongoing support for Ukraine, not just in the moment for this counteroffensive, but for years to come. And I think that's going to help show President Putin that he can't outlast anyone. He can't outlast Ukraine or the countries uh, in support of Ukraine. Ultimately, the Ukrainians have to decide uh, when to uh, to bring this to a close, because it's their country. It's their land. It's their future. These are their decisions. But we're committed uh, to working with them, to supporting them for as long as it takes. That's interesting that you just said that it's Ukraine's decision when to to end the war. They're the ones who are the victims of this aggression. And 
beyond the fact that we feel strongly, as many countries around the world do, that we can't allow a bully to simply go in and take uh, territory from another country. Uh, and we've seen the brutalization of the country, of its people, uh, by Russian forces. It's also a matter of broader principle, because if we and other countries allow this to stand in, in Ukraine, it opens a Pandora's box around the world where any would-be aggressor says, hey, they got away with it. I can get away with it, too. And that leads to a world of conflict that's not in our interest or anyone else's. It was fascinating to see a few weeks ago as the Wagner Group head, Yevgeny Brikosian, tried to march on Moscow, obviously retreated. And it's now been reported that he and Putin actually met days after that failed rebellion and met for three hours. How do you interpret that? What do you see? How do you how do you evaluate what Putin's strength is right now? Savannah, it's, it's hard to speculate on exactly what's going on internally in Russia. And this is fundamentally an internal Russian matter. What's extraordinary is we saw a direct challenge to Putin's authority from Prigozhin. We saw Prigozhin questioning the very premises of the war that Putin's advanced uh, for the last couple of years. I don't think we've seen the final act in this. Um, and it's very hard for any of us to speculate where this goes next. But I do think it's, it's opened cracks. It's raised questions that Putin still has to answer. All right, Secretary of State Antony Blinken on a very busy day. Thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Savannah. Good to be with you. All right, uh, 716. Craig joins the table now. Another story we're following. Yeah. Hey, Craig. Hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. This morning we have some new details on the manhunt for the murder suspect with survivalist skills still at large after escaping from that Pennsylvania jail late last week. NBC's Ron Allen has made his way there, has an update for us this morning. This has been going on for several days now, Ron. Yes, good morning, Craig. It's five days since the suspect, Michael Burham, has been on the run. He escaped from the roof of this county jail, police say, using bed sheets tied together to make a rope. Now more than 150 federal, state, and local officers are trying to find him. This morning on the ground and from the air, police focused on the small, heavily wooded communities near the New York-Pennsylvania border. In search of Michael Burham, 34, who authorities say should be considered armed and dangerous, wanted in connection with cases involving murder, kidnapping, and other violent felonies. If we are putting significant pressure on him, at some point we will force him to make a mistake, and when he does, uh, we will use that to our advantage. Authorities say Burham is a survivalist with military training and believe he could be getting help after finding supplies and campsites they say he possibly used. It's the second time in recent months he's eluded police. Back in May, police say Burham spent nearly two weeks on the run as a suspect in a murder case while allegedly kidnapping an elderly couple as officers closed in on him. After being brought back to Pennsylvania to face charges, authorities say Burham escaped. Yes. How concerned are you that this individual has eluded authorities now twice? Well, obviously, that's a, a concern for us from the standpoint that he has experience in running from law enforcement. Authorities will not say whether there have been sightings of the suspect or whether they've come close to capturing him, well aware that he could be following media reports about the manhunt. They continue to insist that they are confident that they will get their man. Craig? All right. Let's hope they find them soon. Ron Allen for us there in Pennsylvania. Ron, thank you. 19 minutes after the hour. Time to check back with Al, who's got a very busy map. Yes. That's right. Moderately humid throughout the northeast, mid-Atlantic states. We're also looking at severe storms developing in the plains. We're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour. And very hot out west with plenty of sunshine. And that's your latest weather. Guys? Thanks, right. Al. So. Thank you, Al. Coming up, new details and accusations now emerging in that 
bitter legal battle between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Kaylee Hartung on the story for us. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. If you have ever sipped a Provençal Rosé, as we all like to do around here, there is a very good chance you have tasted the fruits of the Pitt Jolie winery Miraval. Their former home has become a wildly successful business and the center of this legal battle. Coming up, we are going to dive into the latest punches thrown in what's being called the War of the Rosé. All right. Thank you, Kaylee. Plus, let's start shopping. Amazon Prime Day kicking off overnight, but it's not the only big summer savings event getting underway. We'll have a guide to help you navigate the deals and score the best prices. But first, this is Today on NBC. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. now. That's your 2023 home run derby champion, the Blue Jays, Vlad Guerrero Jr., hoisting that coveted trophy 16 years after his father did the same. Wow. How about that? Vlad and his dad. (laughs) Vlad, chip off the old block. All right. Uh, We've got a lot to get to here in this half hour on a Tuesday morning, starting with some new details in that ongoing legal battle between Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt over the French estate and winery they own together. Jolie's team now uh, filing a new complaint asking for compensatory damages to be at least $350 million. NBC's Kaylee Hartung has the latest twists and turns in this one. Hey, Kaylee, it's getting messy. Yeah, it really is, guys. It's the final act in the saga for one of Hollywood's most famous and glamorous couples. A fight over this home they once shared as a family that has become a multi-million dollar business. You still alive, baby? It's a new offensive in what's been called the War of the Rosé. The couple who once famously traded shots and flirtations in Mr. and Mrs. Smith now blasting one another in legal documents. In a cross-complaint against Brad Pitt and his business partners, Angelina Jolie's company Nouvelle is accusing Pitt of acting like a petulant child, writing the actor has been engaged in a vindictive campaign to dominate and loot the wine business that the couple had built and owned together. The filing in response to a lawsuit Pitt brought against Jolie last year, claiming his ex-wife unlawfully sold her stake in the Thousand Acre French winery to a member of the Stoli Group Beverage Company. 
Pitt argued he and Jolie had a mutual and binding commitment to only sell their share of the business with the other's consent. But there's no written contract to support that, and Jolie contends she sold her shares legally. One of the reasons Jolie and Pitt haven't been able to resolve this business dispute is because they didn't seem to do enough paperwork back at the beginning. Earlier this month, a Vanity Fair article detailed how the couple once saw the estate as their family home. Jolie's team seeming to fire back in its filing, writing, The notion that Chateau Mirval was the Pitt-Jolie family home died back in 2016, when Pitt terrorized his wife and children in a drunken rage while en route from the Chateau to Pitt's true home, Hollywood. The complaint also dismisses Pitt's reported hands-on involvement in the winemaking business, writing, Pitt is an actor, not a winemaker. He deals in illusions, not dirt and grapes. This is a complaint that's written a lot like a press release. It's written not just as a pleading filed in court, but as a persuasive document. The couple purchased the Provence winery in 2008 for 25 million euros, roughly 35 million dollars at the time. According to Vanity Fair, they later partnered with the Perrin family winemaking company, creating the smash hit Mirval Rosé. Now, Jolie's team is accusing Pitt of hijacking the business and wasting the company's assets, spending millions on vanity projects, including more than $1 million on swimming pool renovations, building and rebuilding a staircase four times, and spending millions to restore a recording studio. The centuries-old estate, now the final battleground of Hollywood royalty. So, Kaylee, a lot to to unpack there. So why did uh, Angelina Jolie share her stake in the winery in the first place? Well, Angelina's lawyer says that she was forced to sell her shares of the business to Stoli because Pitt said he wouldn't buy her out unless she agreed to keep silent about that 2016 violent outburst that he had on the couple's plane. Angelina Jolie is clearly trying to shine a light on that incident. She referred to it in the most recent filings again, and a spokesperson for Pitt declined to comment on the new filings, Hoda. All right, Kaylee Hartung for us there in L.A. Kaylee, thank you. Still ahead here, what we are now learning about the prison stabbing of disgraced sports doctor Larry Nasser and what some of his survivors are saying about it this morning. But first, Amazon Prime Day is here along with some other major sales events. We've got all the shopping strategies you need to know before loading up that cart right after this. This morning on In-Depth Today, we are focusing on saving you some money. Yes, the first lightning deals for Amazon Prime Day. They arrived overnight with some other major retailers launching their own sales feast this week. Yeah, well, some smart shopping strategies are needed. Mm -hmm. NBC Business reporter Brian Chung is here. So now we were all speculating yesterday Mm -hmm. what would go on sale. Now we know. Uh, So what do you advise? Yeah, I mean, we were all scrolling during the commercial break, just trying to take a look at some of the deals right now. There's so many to sift through. Now, luckily, I talked to an expert that kind of helped me sort through some of it. There's no cut and dry way of saying that, well, you know, at Amazon versus Walmart versus Target, which have their own deals as well this week, that they're going to get you know better deals on certain categories. But broadly speaking, you're probably going to get the steepest deals on the items that they sell themselves. So things like, for example, on Amazon, an Echo or a Fire Stick, Mm -hmm. you're going to see the steepest discounts because, well, they make those products. But look, Broadly speaking, there are some categories you want to stay away from during the summer sale season. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're looking at appliances, furniture, mattresses, waiting until Labor Day is probably going to be better. And mm-hmm. for electronics, you might see the steepest sales uh, on Black Friday if you can afford to wait. A lot of these stores have those membership fees to shop there. And you always wonder, is it worth paying mm-hmm. the fee and do you get a better deal? So do you say yes or no? Yeah, well, hold it. it's very confusing right now because, again, you know, Target, Walmart, Amazon, they all have deals right now. But for Amazon, as the name implies, you have to be a prime member. That's going to cost you 
you $150 a year. Now, you could sign up for a free subscription if you just want to get early access and kind yeah. of just, you know, get into the deals themselves. Now, for Target, very interesting that you do have to sign up as part of their circle program to access the deals, mm-hmm. but it is free. So you don't have to pay anything as part okay. of that. Walmart is somewhere in between the middle. The plus subscription is about $100. Normally, they're discounting it for $50 a year for right now, but they'll get early access to those deals. Although if you're not a member, uh, you'll still get access. It'll just be later on in the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amazon, Target, Walmart, I think Best Buy is running a bunch of deals too. With so many deals, how do you know that you're actually getting the best price? Yeah. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that we reached out to uh, all, all these companies and they said that they're not doing price matching for this week because it's oh, a special promotion. Oh, wow. So that's really important to know. So however, Meaning the, they won't match each they, other. They won't match oh, each okay. other. Yeah. I mean, they normally have price matching. Uh, well, Amazon doesn't, but for example, Best Buy does, but during this uh, specific week, they're not going to do any sort of mm-hmm. price matching. That doesn't mean that you should settle for the deals themselves. So we spoke with Trey Bode. She's an expert and she was saying, look, uh, just make sure that you're looking online to, to cross check and make sure that you actually are getting the best deal. Just because it says it's on sale on Amazon doesn't mean that it's only going to be the best deal there. Also take a look at getting coupons. Uh, you can use slick deals, coupon cabin to make sure that you're getting the best bottom line discounts and also consider the store credit cards. You'll get cash back in yeah. some cases if you're using an Amazon card for an Amazon purchase. Well, it wouldn't be a shopping segment if we didn't talk about scams. Yeah. Yeah. I know there are a few out there. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, right now, I mean, look, this is the time to get a, a, just a deluge of emails, right? Order confirmed, order shipped, order arrived mm-hmm. right now. That means that there's a lot of, you know, kind of openness there for potentially, you know, malicious people to try to take advantage of you and then make you click on a link that's going to fish your email, fish your personal mm-hmm. information. So just be aware, fake calls, text, emails. Look, Amazon's not going to make a misspelling in an email or in a text message. If you see something kind of fishy in a message that's, okay, wait, how did they misspell delivered? Well, <laughs> it might be a phishing email. Try not to click on any links. If you need to check anything, just log into your account at Target, Walmart, or Amazon and make sure check. that you're really yeah. at cross-checking that way. Oh, all right. Thank you, Thanks. Brian. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. By Thanks. the way, we're going to take a closer look at some of today's best deals and topics coming up in our next hour, and we'll do it on the third hour as well. Cool. All right, 742. Now let's head over to Al and get a check of the weather. Hey, Al. Well, you're all looking at hot deals. We're talking about hot temperatures, especially down in Florida. Look at the heat indexes. Well over 100 degrees for a good portion of Florida today. In fact, yesterday, Fort Lauderdale, its hottest heat index on record. Miami has had 30 days in a row of it feeling like 100 degrees or higher. And this is just going to continue right on into next week. Water temperatures right now, 92 to 97 degrees, almost 100. 100 degree water. That is near record temperatures. Plus, we've got this heat dome right on top of it. It's weakening those trade winds so they're not getting the cooling effect of the sea breezes. So it's going to be rough down in Florida. Also, we got some severe weather today from Miles City to Des Moines, Omaha, and Sioux Falls. Damaging winds, hail, an isolated tornado possible. Wednesday, it moves east, Des Moines, Champaign, St. Louis, Springfield Town to Paducah. We're talking 16 million people talking about wind gusts of up to 75 miles miles per hour, damaging winds, and we can't rule out tornadoes in this area in yellow as well. And that's your latest weather, guys. Thanks, Al. Al, thank you. Just ahead, music icon Madonna speaking out for the first time about that recent health scare, what she's saying about her road to recovery now and the impact on her world tour. And could it be time for a sleep divorce in your home (laughs) on today's talker? The many reasons that women have more trouble falling and staying asleep. Science, Al, it's science. Mm -hmm. But experts are going to give us tips or get better rest and still being with your sweetie coming up right after this expectations matter what do you expect from an suv versatility a 
range of sizes built to fit your life, a range of exteriors that all invite stairs, or being able to take control of more than just the wheel. Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel.